0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 99. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max, episode number 99. I'm your host, Brett Hurst. I am married to the lovely Kelly Hurst.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: That's you, Kel. Mm -hmm. We're both marriage educators. We're co-founders of Home Encouragement. This podcast, we do this because we want to help you. We want to take your marriage to the next level, Woo! wherever that may be. Today's episode is called Odds. And ends. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So these are the loose scraps that we've accumulated.
1: (laughs) The leftovers. leftovers. These these are actually just the things that come across our desk that don't warrant an entire episode, Mm -hmm. but are interesting enough to talk about. And some of those are listener questions or comments that come through email, which we're always grateful to get. And some of a couple of them are just things that I found that I knew wouldn't flush out a whole episode, but we wanted to throw them in. So this is like the kitchen sink episode.
0: I'm with you. So give me a listener question.
1: Okay, here's one. This woman says, I have a topic I would love for you to cover at some point, work and marriage. My partner works a lot, and I'm sure this is a common gripe for many women. It's the one point of contention in my otherwise harmonious relationship that I would really appreciate getting some guidance on so I can get a different perspective and know how to proactively address or handle discussions about it when it comes up. This is definitely very common. Mm -hmm. We see this all the time.
0: We see it the other way, too. Yeah, it's not always. Women can work too long or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily a gender thing.
0: Anecdotally, right or wrong. We see it more with men, Uh perhaps with some men, their identity is so tied to their job Mm -hmm. where maybe that is not as strong as frequently with women, perhaps, perhaps.
1: I find it interesting that this listener says they have a good relationship. She Mm -hmm. feels happy. They feel happy in their relationship. It's just this one thing Uh that seems to come up again and again. So Brett, if you had this husband in your office Uh and y'all were just talking, you know, man to man, and what what would you say to him about this?
0: I would say, what are your goals? What's your life really about? Mm -hmm. Where do you want to be in 10 and 20 years? Where do you want to be when your career is over or even at the end of your life? You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, what is your life really about? Mm -hmm. Is, Is your life defined by your vocation and your accomplishments mm-hmm. in that vocation, nothing wrong with some of that. Mm-hmm. Or if you are married, if you do have a family, is that the higher priority? Right. You know, for me personally, my family and my marriage before even our kids and grandkids, or whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's the highest priority outside of my relationship with God.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's the best starting place. The conversation, that's a 30,000 foot view Mm -hmm. of, you know, and there's even a very quoted scripture that says, what profit a man if he gain the whole world, but he loses his soul. Right. You know, I think you can sort of expand that to what profit a man if he loses his family or loses his marriage, you know.
0: But even on the soul part, Mm -hmm. that's another whole angle to be discussing is You know, when you're younger, you can do that for a while. You Mm -hmm. can work 60 hour or more weeks Mm -hmm. and
1: survive for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Uh, But eventually you're going to crack. Yeah. Someone's going to pay the price for it. Right. It maybe It's your marriage. Maybe it's your fit, your physical health. Right. Or your mental health. Right. Or, uh, you know. Yeah. So I think that's a good place to start. What would you say to this, this wife who, how, how does she, she doesn't really say in the email about whether or not they argue about this all the time, Mm -hmm. or is this something that when she brings it up, he says, yeah, I know I'm working too much. And then he just doesn't make any changes Mm -hmm. or like, how would you tell her, how would you counsel her how to bring that up in a way that doesn't feel threatening to him?
0: I think you just said it, Mm -hmm. you know, have you tried having that conversation in a way that's Mm -hmm. Non-threatening, non-judgmental. Are you providing that safe place for you to have Mm -hmm. together an honest conversation about that? Yeah. Also, this could be either way. If it was the wife or the husband that overworks, is the other spouse making home the place to be? Right. You know,
1: are you making it an inviting, warm welcoming space right so that everyone in the family wants to be there right yeah that's a good point
0: i mean even if you're in college and you're living with a roommate or something like that let's uh-huh. say if that roommate is not fun to be around mm-hmm. you know how many people do not want to go home yeah to be with that roommate
1: right you know exactly i think there's a way too that she can say this where he might hear her a little bit better and rather than just sort of coming from a you work too much. You're always late coming home. Da, yeah, da, da. That's not going to get you very far. Yeah. If she comes at it from a first saying, you know, thank you so much for how hard you work. I mean, mm-hmm. we're so, I'm so appreciative. Yeah. You know, you provide a wonderful living for us. And yeah, you know, this kind of stuff. I, I know every man, well, every woman wants to hear that too. Everyone, anyone who's working hard wants to hear that kind of respect and appreciation. But then even if she can steer the conversation to a way of, you know, rather than complaining about it, to say things like, you know, I just want you to know we love it when you're home, right? You know, we really enjoy hanging out and I miss getting to have conversations with you or date night with you. And, um, you know, maybe that's a different way to skew it so that he can hear it better and it doesn't sound like an attack.
0: I think that's excellent.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. I hope, I hope that works for that person. So here's another listener question. Okay. This person says, I know a lot of couples argue about money, but it seems to be a never ending fight between my spouse and me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a male or female. I don't think it matters. I've heard you say that money fights aren't always about money. Can you explain this or give me some examples?
0: Well, we know in scripture in the gospels, Jesus talks more about money than he talks about heaven or hell you know, what your kind of important conversations? Mm-hmm. Why does he talk so much about money? It's because it's a reflection of our heart. It's a reflection of our, so many things, our desire for control, our, it's an indication of how much we trust God or don't mm-hmm. trust God. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think it's Dave, Dave Ramsey or somebody says, Every single day we are thinking about money, spending money, saving money, like money is a huge piece of our lives yeah we we we're touching it in some way, yeah, every day,
0: pretty much yeah, exactly. yeah I
1: didn't mean to interrupt you, you were going down the you know he talks jesus talked about hell and and money, well, and
0: I, I again, I think the reason he talks so much about money is because it's such a uh spiritual and emotional barometer, mm. you know it's an indicator, it's like a Check engine light. Yeah. You know, okay. um, where, where you are on money, how tight fisted you are or mm-hmm. or how frivolous you are or whatever, mm-hmm. wherever you are on the spending versus saving spectrum. Yeah. It's probably some indication. I mean, it could be just simply your personality temperament. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, it's that plus just your it says a lot about how you believe about Life the and the world, and yeah, relationships, even.
1: Yeah. And I think from a practical perspective, too, money represents so many different things that aren't money. For example, money can represent security to some people, it can represent freedom to some people, it can certainly represent success, you know, if you mm-hmm. are trying to accumulate a lot of money. And all of those things come into play in how we, what we do with our money. Mm -hmm. And I really, I think there's a cultural thing where the spender, if there's typically a spender and a saver Uh in every couple, that the saver is the one who's kind of the more noble, righteous person and the spender is just some crazy lunatic spending all the money. Mm -hmm. I think you and I have learned to navigate that conversation pretty well Because I don't think one is more noble than the other. Right. I think both can teach each other. You can teach how to save and what that provides for the family. You can also teach how to enjoy this money that you've been given. Right.
0: We personally believe how important it is to give and Mm -hmm. in our case to tithe and so forth. Mm -hmm.
1: To be charitable.
0: Yeah. Not just because it does a lot of good for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but also it back to that barometer thing. It's demonstrating even to yourself, who's in charge here? Mm -hmm. Are you in charge? Mm -hmm. Are you taking this money with you? Yeah. You know, after this life is over, you can't.
1: Yeah. It's good for us to be charitable with our money.
0: Right. So back to your conversation about nobility for the saver. I mean, there are a lot of noble Mm -hmm. and practical and helpful reasons Mm -hmm. to save, but spending and giving are important too, mm-hmm. because that's the whole point, you know, what do you do with money? Right. You spend and give, right. you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, and save so that you can spend and give more, Yeah, you know, but
1: yeah. And well, I think too, it's important for getting back to more the practical conversation. I think it's important and we, oh gosh, I feel like we have this conversation more and more recently with couples is how important it is to have a little business check in yeah. with each other, whether that's, that's weekly us. or whether it's once a month of just sitting together with a, even it can be as simple as a legal pad and just be like, OK, what expenses are coming in this month? What can we and to talk about particularly if you're the spender in the couple mm-hmm. to talk about. What it does for you to be able to buy something nice for the living room Mm -hmm. or, you know, for me, like I like to buy clothes for our grandbaby, you know, that's Mm -hmm. so fun for me. That may not be something that crosses your mind, Brett, but for me, it's a value, Mm -hmm. but to be able to talk in that kind of language and say, this is a value for me because this
0: and just to encourage couples on this, you know, things can shift. I mean, you and I went into this marriage where I was definitely the saver and you were the spender Mm -hmm. but the more you got involved in doing the books say 10 years into our marriage we kind of switched and you started doing the books Mm -hmm. because you were probably better at it and i did other money responsibilities but 20 years in our marriage we'd found that we'd kind of morphed a little bit and then you were much more involved in saving and budgeting Mm -hmm. and i was you had taught me a little bit more like it's okay to spend, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't take it with you.
1: Right. Exactly. So, well, yeah. I hope that helps our listener kind of pull the umbrella out a little bit in the money conversation that to be just, and to, and to be able to talk about how does uh, control, right, you know, and how does power happen when the money structure in your relationship, you know?
0: So it's the story behind the story and to get into the story behind the story, we want couples to get good. We always want couples to get good at caring for one another. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're a spouse who is married to a saver, and the saver you're starting to wonder if the saver it, this is a out of control control issue. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. How do you get good at caring for that person by getting into a conversation that's going to be helpful to say? I mean, this is what you've been good at, Kel, Is entering those conversation those hard conversations in a soft way for the purpose of caring oh
1: That's very sweet.
0: Well, what can I say?
1: <laughs> okay, well, I hope that's helpful to our listener. Okay, so moving on, this is a little tidbit that I thought was interesting. This is something called the nocebo effect.
0: Is a tidbit like a morsel?
1: Yes, it's like a little morsel of savory sweetness. No oh, boy. <laughs> this comes from Prepare & Rich, and they call it the nocebo effect. Nocebo. So, the nocebo effect. You've probably heard of the placebo effect. Yes. It's the phenomenon where if you believe you're being treated for something, you feel the effects of it.
0: Because you're taking a placebo.
1: Right. The nocebo effect works just the opposite. If you believe that something is not going to work, it doesn't. Okay. So if you're told the aspirin you were about to take is a dud and it will not work, then it doesn't work, even if it's the same kind of aspirin you always take for your headaches. Okay. So it's, it's just the opposite of the placebo effect. So here's how it can affect your relationship the laundry is starting to pile up. You go to bed with the expectation that your partner will not do the laundry and that it will still be there the next morning to haunt you. This is a nocebo because every time you assume a flaw in your partner's character Mm. and then he or she doesn't come through, you are creating a negative cycle in your relationship. Mm. So I know what our listeners are saying. They're saying, well, what if he still didn't do the laundry? Instead, ask your spouse to do the laundry rather than stewing about it in silence.
0: Okay, but what if your spouse says, <laughs> you've already asked me 17 times, I'm on it.
1: <laughs> well, then at least you're not having the mind loop where you're assuming they won't do it and then they don't do it. That's the nocebo effect.
0: And by the way, laundry is not our Not our issue. No.
1: And you want to know why?
0: Because I do. This is going to
1: set people. No, this is going (laughs) to set people free. We should do like a whole episode on this. Yeah, actually, we are. We're doing we're doing an episode coming up about chores. But you and I, I don't know when 15 years ago, probably decided to have separate hampers. Yeah. And I would do my laundry and you would do your laundry. So and liberating. And it has been so peaceful. So liberating. Oh my gosh. That's and right. it doesn't mean that I won't like, sometimes you'll, if my towels are still in the dryer, I'll, you'll fold them for me. Or I'll even wash them for you. Yeah. Or if I've, if something of yours is in the dryer, I fold them and put them away nice and That's neat true. just for, just because we're <laughs> courteous people. But the, the, times. the onus is not on one of us to be doing the laundry and it is Oh, man, that was a genius move we did.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. Had to have been my idea. Maybe so.
0: No, I'm kidding. It wasn't.
1: <laughs> okay. One last thing before we go. This is a beautiful quote that I don't remember who sent this to me, but I thought it was so lovely. I wrote it down and wanted to use it. And it is this. kintsugi. I think is how you say this word. Kinsuji is the Japanese tradition of restoring broken objects with gold. So the cracks are illuminated, not hidden. Lovely. The belief is that the pottery is more beautiful for having been broken. Hmm. Relationships work the same way. If we choose to embrace our struggles and repair ourselves with love, we too become more beautiful for having been broken. This is the essence of resilience. So beautiful. (sighs) I love quotes like that and little just illustrations that I love it. I love it. I love it.
0: And we've certainly seen that, that couples that embrace their brokenness and Mm -hmm. work through it.
1: They're better on the other side.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, as we've said many times with those couples, they wouldn't wish That episode of brokenness On their worst enemy However, they wouldn't trade it Mm -hmm. Because that's what got them To another beautiful plateau Right In their marriage
1: Yes, so we say (laughs) Kintsuji I hope I'm saying that right And not totally messing that up I'm
0: I'm not going to contest that
1: (laughs) So that's our little I don't want to
0: be a nocebo
1: That's our odds and ends episode Did you like it?
0: Sure, I liked it (laughs) What's well, a yes, Sibo?
1: <laughs> I don't know, maybe we can explore that one. Okay. Are you going to close us up? Oh,
0: you want me to wrap it up? <laughs> All right. Well, so here's the wrap. <laughs> if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriage to the org. Also, you can follow us on various social media and uh, we hope that you will share the love by rating us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll be thrilled. If you would write a review, uh, this always helps us have more visibility. Thanks for listening today. Until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.